Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, folks, we're going to mix it up a little bit today. Recently, I was asked by the Boston Chapter of Entrepreneurs Organization to host their podcast. That podcast is called Leadership in Action. Check it out. Here is an episode that I recently hosted. Please enjoy. I am grateful to have someone who helps entrepreneurs tell better stories. His first exposure to entrepreneurism was while assisting his dad on a landscaping and remodeling crew. He's a professional EOS implementer. You know what EOS is. And he's with EOS Worldwide. He's a recent addition to our roster of SAPs here at EO Boston, and we are truly grateful for our SAPs. He's the president and CEO of Duguay Consulting Group. He is none other than Bill Duguay. Bill, welcome to the show. Mark, thank you. And I want to start off by really thanking you for what you're doing, taking time out of your day to help the other members of EO and really coming up with content to help them run a better business and rethink what you're doing and have a whole lot more fun doing it. Well, thank you for saying that. And let's get right into it because that's what we're here to do is deliver value, deliver content. So what is the most positive lesson you have learned running a business? Mark, it's simple and it was painful when I learned it. And it is that I was the roadblock. Uh-oh. <laughs> Tell me I say more. Road, yeah, yeah. So when I say roadblock, I was the roadblock to growth. I was the roadblock to people growing. And I was the roadblock to my future. And I figured that out when I went through a 360 review and sat down with the, the coach. And they just laid it on me. And I'll tell you, it was just floored. Um, what I thought so I was doing. Tell me about that though. So what type of business were you doing when you realized that you were the roadblock? So my background is I'm a civil engineer and okay. built roads and bridges, airport work, locks and dams across the country. So all civil infrastructure work. And you ran your own company and realized that you were the bottleneck. Yeah. So I really, I learned that a long time before I was in a leadership position, fortunately, and but still re leading high-performance teams, running big work, big projects around the country, and realized that a big part of why we weren't hitting our goals was me. Huh. And what were you doing that was holding you back? I had spent a career trying to be the subject matter expert, the smartest person in a room. I was here first, knew the most, and in the end, that's a terrible way to be a leader. And the 360 review really helped me understand and come to grips with me, letting go of all the things I thought I had to do myself and engaging the people around me in a more meaningful way. So what's a 360 review? So a 360 review is you get feedback from your supervisor, your peers, and your direct reports, and it's blind, it's anonymous, and they just give you all kinds of feedback on how good a leader are you? Do you show empathy? Uh, do you clear, give clear direction? Do you have their backs? Or, you know, if you're more concerned about them than you are yourself. 
And it's just encompassing on all the things we as leaders need to be aware of to be really effective. So what'd you do with that information? Uh, first of all, I just about cried, broke down. Yeah. Denial. <laughs> well, did did yeah. denial set in? Yeah, first? so it's like the stages of depression. And yeah. So yeah, at first was denial. How can this possibly be? Uh, and I came to realize that in the end, we can decide, do things happen to me or do things happen for me? And fortunately, I was able to move to things happen for me and used it as a learning experience. And it was really a light switch on. I cannot be this person. Huh. So how did the person. how did the journey take you to becoming an EOS implementer? Yeah, great question. So you talked about me working for my dad. You know, I'd meet him every day after school when he'd get out of his day job and we'd go do house remodels and landscaping. My first exposure to entrepreneurism wasn't really a choice. It was a necessity for our family. But that work ethic allowed me to grow all the way from working for my dad doing those things to CEO of a fairly large construction company that was 100% employee owned. And I'd never heard about EOS. And I was in a peer group and somebody in the peer group mentioned EOS and how they're using it to get their leadership team and their senior teams unstuck, get them on the same page and just have better conversations. I read the book. I flew out to see him, saw it in action. And at the same time, I was taking classes at Harvard. I was taking classes at Harvard Law. I was taking classes at UT, Texas University School, or Macomb School of Business, trying to learn how to be a better business person and a better leader. And EOS resonated with me. I bought the books. I was hooked, started doing them in my company without telling anybody it was EOS just some of the foundational tools, doing them the best as I could. ESOPs go through an annual valuation. And in my last years there, we doubled the value of the company. Wow. And I attribute that to the leadership team, but to EOS, helping us really bring some structure, better conversations, enter the danger, I call it now, of, you know, we just got to do it. And so when it's time for me to do something different is, COVID was rolling around. I said, you know what? I saw this in action. I love working with leadership teams. And I dove in head first. And now today I get to work with leadership teams of entrepreneurial companies just about every day. And for me, Mark, that's where the passion, the sense of urgency, urgency really is. It's just so rewarding working with teams like that, help them run a better business. So now you've got the purpose, right? You've seen the you've seen the outcome, and now you get to share it. The evangelist, right? Yeah, essentially. And part of what for me as an engineer, I always tended to overcomplicate stuff. And the reality is, to the extent we can simplify, less truly is more. We can cut through the haze and just get on the same page quicker. Well, let's talk about some of those leaders that you're you're working with. What are what are some of the common frustrations that they're having? Yeah. So as a human, we have to experience pain to move through the pain. Uh, and why I say that is until we are in enough pain as a business leader, we're probably going to keep doing what we're doing. So the folks that come to me are frustrated with their business and they have one or more of these typical frustrations. One, they don't feel like they're in control of the business, that the, they feel like the business is running them instead of them running the business. 
you're frustrated with your people. They don't think your people are on the same page. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Many of them are starting to have cash issues and it's not typically too much cash. It's not enough cash. And they're to the point that they're trying a bunch of stuff and nothing's working. It's the flavor of the month and people are getting worn out and try this, try that. And they're just feeling burnt out and they feel like they've hit a ceiling. And when they're in that amount of pain, unfortunately, it's usually the catalyst of change that you're willing to tackle those things that are holding them back. Hmm. So how does a process such as EOS help? Three separate ways EOS helps. First is we call vision and it's simply getting the entire organization hundred percent on the same page with you, where you're going and how you're going to get there. Mark, when I start working with companies, divisions all in their heads, they have a vision. It's just in their heads and we got to get it out of their heads, clarify it, simplify it, get everybody aligned on that vision of where we're going and how we're going to get there. Second way we work with leadership teams is what we call traction. Traction is building focus, discipline, and accountability. So we're always working on the most important stuff and we're staying away from squirrels and shiny stuff that so often distract us in our day-to-day. And the third part is healthy, building functional, cohesive leadership team, because many times we're not. We might be subject matter experts like I was at one time, and we might be great at what we do, but we're not good as a, as a team. So by working on those three things, as goes the leadership team, so goes the rest of the organization. If the leadership team can't do those three things, how is it possible that the rest of the organization can? So how does it work? So if someone were to come to you and say, I'm stuck, I don't know what to do, please, please help us. So it starts with a conversation. Just reach out. Give me a phone call. Connect on LinkedIn. Whatever it is, whatever is best for you, and just let's share what's going on. You know, to make sure that I'm the right person to help with what your concerns are, because I might not be. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not, fortunately, I get a big roll of decks, and I'll open it up and point you to the right help to help you get unstuck with what you're doing. But if you think I can help you. We go through a process. We spend 90 minutes together with the leadership team. We lay out a plan. We describe in detail the steps that we go through to get that alignment of vision, to get that alignment on focus and accountability, and to help build functional, cohesive leadership teams. Functional, cohesive leadership teams. So so who's the ideal client for you then? It's really pretty simple. It's people who are willing to be vulnerable with themselves and those around them. People who are more afraid of the status quo than they are change. And folks that are growth-minded, growth-orientated, they don't want to stay where they're at. They got a bigger future in mind and they need some help getting there. Let's talk about vulnerability for a minute because that's such a, a key component that I found in EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. Mm-hmm. I mean, going back to the initial forum training and and the forums and and even meeting with people on a, uh, at a event, vulnerability. How do you get there? So it takes work. It doesn't happen by itself. We have to create an environment 
that people feel safe in. And many times in a leadership team meeting, there's not a feeling of safety. It's a feeling of keep my head down. Uh, don't argue with the boss. Don't bring up new ideas. All these negative aspects of our relationships keep us from being vulnerable. And we cannot move forward as a team and as an organization. We're as people and leaders until we embrace vulnerability. I've been spending a bunch of time lately thinking about organizational safety and psychology safety to create an environment where we can start with trust with each other. That when we say something, we're going to be open and honest. We're willing to listen first before we just jump in and answer and shut somebody down. And we're willing to be honest with our opinions and what's going on around us. And by just coaching through that, and it's a cycle, it takes some time to learn. And for many people, it's very uncomfortable because it triggers a fight or flee type, type of response. And we just have to stay at it. Uh, because in the end, it's healthy for everybody to really talk about what matters. And if we're not willing to be vulnerable, if we don't create a, a space of psychological safety, how are we ever going to tackle the most important things we got to talk about? And a lot of that comes from from childhood, right? Their home domain and and how they were raised is is vulnerability. You know, is it shared and learned? Is it part of their peer group? Is it something that is pushed away? But, you know, another thing that you said, status quo versus change, you know, you have a, a large majority of people who are deathly afraid of change. And we mm -hmm. saw this recently with, with COVID, right? Um, how do you work through that? the fear of change or the comfort of status quo. So let's think about it a little bit differently, Mark. Say you are a smoker and you understand you got to give up smoking to promote your health and the time you have with your family, your loved ones. Why do people continue smoking even though they know it's bad? What tools do they need to stop smoking to live a better life? Many times they have to have one or two health scares to really trigger, I got to do it now. Mm -hmm. So in a business, do we need one or two real business threats before we say, I got to do something now? And that's human nature that we also almost need that threat response to say, I got to do something different. That stove really is hot. Don't touch it. I got to do something different. And that's human nature. We just continue to do what we do day in and day out because it worked yesterday. Right. And we weren't in enough pain to say, I got to do something different. We weren't in enough pain to say, I need to do something different. Talk about pain. So pain in our organization can be many things. It can be those five frustrations. And think about a leader, a founder, the entrepreneur who started the organization. It's their baby. It might be their life's dream. It's their life's passion. They might have their ego, their sense of self tied up in the organization. It might be their tool to generate wealth for their family and their loved ones. It might be their tool to make a truly tremendous difference in their society and their community. And when that is threatened, that it won't come to life, 
remember that 50% of entrepreneurs don't make it past five years. They flame out and die. Those are people's dreams, hopes, ambitions, flaming out and dying. So when the threat is real, that your hope, your passion, your sense of self is at risk, that's a big motivator. That sure is. That sure is. Now, now being a business owner, you know, you can share experiences with these folks. Like what, what keeps you up at night? So we asked that as part of our intake, what keeps okay. you up at night as, as a business owner? And I hear all kinds of different things. And many times in that room, even the leadership team never heard it from each other. Mm. What truly keeps each other up at night? So many times it's, it's ubiquitous things. We all, we don't have enough people turnover this wrong assumption that some segment of our society doesn't want to work and perform and be part of something and all these different things. And when we really strip away from them, is it our actions as leaders that are creating those wake us up at 2 a.m. events? Hmm. So what about you? So what about me? So I worry about my family, about our health, about what next. Uh, you know, certainly being active and got grandkids now. Want to be there for them and create a better world for them as well. Do you worry about your clients? I do. No, I'm on their team. When they invite me in, they're inviting me into their inner sanctum. So when I talk about vulnerability, people share stuff that's dear and dear. And I don't have a switch that turns that off when I leave mm. the room that night. No, it's phone calls. Hey, how you doing? You know, checking in. Hey, what's going on? How does, how'd you do working through this situation? And I am invested in their success. It's not transactional. It's relationship. And that's why I suggest to anybody looking for a coach, whatever type that is, if it's an executive coach, business coach, find that person you can do your best work with somebody who can envision yourself being vulnerable with mm. to help you pull through, pull you in the team through that. Cause it's sticky in the middle and we got to get through that sticky middle spot to the better future at the other side. Hmm. What is, what is the benefits of EOS versus another strategic type of executive coaching? Yeah, so I don't really research the other platforms out there. I know they're there and people embrace them. And that's wonderful. I'm happy they found something that works for them. My focus on EOS, and I chose EOS because of the simplicity of it. And simplicity doesn't mean in any way that we can't tackle big issues. Simplicity means that we don't have to overcomplicate it. Cut to the chase. What's important here? Can we focus on that, build accountability to it, and just start clicking stuff off, staying focused on the most important things to get to a better future? And simplicity doesn't necessarily mean easy. You're not pressing the easy button with this. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. There's no big easy button. It's hard work. You know, back to the somebody giving up smoking. It's hard work. You know, you can look from the outside. Well, just don't buy cigarettes. Don't light one up. 
Well, no, it's more than that. There's a lot going on in play. It's hard work. And the same is true in a business. There's a lot of egos, emotions, long-held mm. beliefs, gray areas, stuff that's threatening to many on the leadership team because they don't know. They've never had these conversations. So it's not the easy button. But no. it doesn't have to be complicated. Doesn't have to be complicated. What excites you about the future? I am excited about New England. We've spent years and years and years being away from New England. My wife and I both, both grew up here and we came back last year. And you know what? The excitement, the level of energy here in the entrepreneur community, it's vibrant. And it's more diverse now than it has been in any time in our history. You know, years ago in the Civil War, it was manufacturing. So now there's manufacturing, but there's IT, there's medicine, there's healthcare, there's education, there's all kinds of new creative industries here in New England that makes it vibrant. It makes it somewhere you want to be. It sure does. It's a beautiful, beautiful piece of the earth, isn't it? It really is. What? Uh, so well, let's ask you this then. What, what do you do outside of work for fun? What do you enjoy so, doing? Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, as part of my learning and growing, I've really been more conscientious of thinking three things. Work time, my time with clients. Practice time, just like, you know, we, every day we hear about the Patriots and, and training camp. So I, as a coach, have practice time as well. You know, refining my skills, working with my coach, you know, really boning up to deliver wonderful experiences, uh, biz dev, those types of things. and then personal time. And I actually start my calendar forward looking with family time. Walking out time with my family, vacations, holidays, kids' birthdays, whatever that is, to the best of our ability to say, I am in control of my calendar instead of I'm the victim of my calendar, which wow. for many entrepreneurs is what we feel like. We're just overwhelmed with people getting on their calendar and blocking time. So it's been helpful for me to think about it backwards, block family time, block practice time, block client time. And so it makes each of them distinct so it can focus better on each of them. So back to your question on family time, I have a Harley, didn't have a bike for many years, bought a Harley, got back into riding uh, in Western Mass through the Berkshires and up through the White Mountains. You know, you just couldn't ask for prettier places to have a motorcycle and get out and enjoy. Uh, my wife and I, we enjoy traveling, going different places. In my career, I've been some wonderful places, and all I ever saw was the car ride from the airport to the hotel and back again, and never got to really experience all these wonderful places. And so we like going wonderful places. I love it. Really I love the focusing. Harley. <laughs> and really focusing on experiences. I don't need more stuff. Yeah. I, I need more deeper experiences experiences relationships forget mm -hmm. the stuff i love it yeah jacob's ladder out there in the berkshires it's a nice ride it is and so i do uh you know the the loop go out to the hairpin turn you know there's just there's always other bikers out there and it's just a great community it's beautiful it's beautiful so i couldn't help but hear you say you have a coach the coach has a coach tell me about that absolutely I strongly believe, and I tell all my clients this, that an entrepreneur needs three things. One is a coach. 
Second is an operating system. And third is a peer group. So EO is a wonderful peer group. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's just rewarding to see so many people in EO in a peer group that really can help them on their journey. A coach is there to help you see your roadblocks, to see your performance from a different perspective and help you perform at a higher level. So I have a coach in an accountability partner, both, just to really keep sharpening the saw. You know, I have to get better every day. My clients expect me, expect that out of me. They're facing new and different challenges every day. I got to stay on top of my game and a coach helps me do that. Love it. I love it. Peer group, coach, and what was the third? An operating system. Ah, Pick how you're going to run your business. Yeah. Be deliberate about it. Don't leave it to chance. One of the things many entrepreneurs, they get started because they're good at something, a product, a service, whatever it is, they just jump in and they're first in and all of a sudden it starts to grow around them and, you know, just happens without intent. An operating system helps you bring intent to your desired outcome. Structure, organization, accountability, simplicity, and you're not simply winging it. Yeah. You know, winging it leads to wing it outcomes. Right. And at some point as an entrepreneur, we got to be deliberate about working towards an outcome we predict. Setting tangible goals for the quarter, tangible goals for the year. What's the company going to look like three short years from now? Where are we going long term? And having a deliberate, distinct, actionable plan and steps that we can manage to keep us on track getting there. Otherwise, it's the Yogi Bear thing. If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Right. Tell me about the North Star. How how challenging is it to get people to really look out to that? It is challenging. Yeah. Because we all have our different version and we're almost scared to say, hey, here's what I think. Right. And so going back to that vulnerability, creating a trusting environment, it's elemental in creating alignment. Where are we going long term? Because if there's really divergent thoughts on that at the leadership team, if we can't get them back into alignment and pick the best one, you know, certainly we got to deliberate. We got to debate. Sometimes we argue and just be passionate about it. When we go through that process, we come up with the best one. Unfortunately, some people are going to say, you know what? That's not for me. How healthy is that to let them go find what is good for them and get on their journey that makes sense for them? Huh. So, you know, it seems to be sometimes that entrepreneurism is, is challenging. What are some of the, what are some of the easier things about being an entrepreneur? So ask yourself a couple of questions. Why'd you get into it? Yeah. Was it, I didn't want to work for the man anymore. I wanted more control. I had a great idea. Think about why you wanted to do it. Sometimes there's even confusion with that one question. Are you clear about why you wanted to be an entrepreneur? And then ask yourself, well, what did you want out of that? Did you want to have fun? Did you want to avoid going to work for the man? Why? What did you want out of this experience? And from there, it's just, coming up with a plan to go from A to B, why you're doing it, what you want out of it, and just work in that plan. 
It doesn't have to be complicated. Back to how we started a conversation, what was my big aha? My yeah. big aha was I was the roadblock and I needed help. And I needed help. Can you share with us uh, some of the purposeful work that you've done and how you've been able to help others? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you started off introducing me. I help my clients tell a better story. Yeah. And some people say, well, Bill, I thought you did EOS. And I say, <laughs> I do. But here's why I help people tell us better story. Stories are how we communicate our passion, our experiences, our values, what's important to us, problems we've solved as a team, problems we didn't solve that hurt us. And, you know, now hopefully we're able to laugh because we have learned from them and we've moved on. So helping my clients tell better stories. People come to me with those frustrations, but in the end, every one of them wants something different out of it. And that's the beauty of it. I have clients who want to exit in three to five years. They want to really multiply the value of the company to maximize the, the liquidity event. That's wonderful. I have other clients who are family owned. They got second, third generation coming in, haven't been involved in the business. And it's just a great time to get the business running better, get them involved in what's going on. And some folks that haven't really thought about that, they're still family held, but they're growing and they're in pain and they want to continue to grow. Uh, and some of them just don't want to work 80 hours a week anymore. They want to get the company so they can work 30 hours a week or 20 hours a week and go start something else. So they all come because they're frustrated with some aspect of their business, but they all leave with a different benefit. Mm. Mm, being unstuck is a nice benefit. Yeah. Now, as a child, you know, you said you were forced into the entrepreneur world. Not <laughs> well, forced, all but... told. <laughs> <laughs> but what, with the lessons and the education and the coaching that you've received, what would you tell that young boy? What advice would you give young Bill? Don't do it yourself. Get a coach. Yeah. Get a peer group. Listen to others. Grow emotionally. Separate your outcome from your person, from your ego, and separate the issues from your, yourself. So what I say by that, when I'm working with teams, we talk about vulnerability. When an issue comes up, many times we feel personal. Oh, it's an attack on me. I feel threatened. I don't know whether to fight or flee or shut up. And entrepreneurs grow through that as well. Just like you said, sometimes it's environmental. It's what we knew as a kid. We, you know, we never raised our voice. We never entered conflict. We just did what we're told. And so that's how the behaviors we exhibit as adults too. To get there quicker, wherever it is we're going means we as individuals have to grow quicker as well. Don't beat a bottleneck. Get help. Get a different perspective. Right. Embrace it that it happens for you and not to you. Maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. Right. Maybe yeah. I maybe I don't know it all. Yeah. Wow. Bill, this has been wonderful. Um, most important question that I have is how would somebody 
reach you? So thank you for asking. They can reach out on LinkedIn. We'll put their contact information below. Send me an email. Send me a text. Send, you know, give me a call. I'm still old school. I like to call people. I like to talk on the phone. You know, I like to come meet you. Uh, what we're talking about is personal. And the quicker you can find out if I'm right for you, the better for you as well. I love it. I love it. Folks, you've heard him. Now you see him. When you see him at the events, go up and say hello. Thank him for his uh, his affiliation with our organization. And if you're looking for strategies, coaching, accountability, give him a chance. Give him a call. See what it's all about. Dig in. Find that vulnerable spot. Bill, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your stories with us today. It's uh, tr We're truly grateful and we're grateful to have you as an SAP. Thank you. Mark, thanks so much for the work you're doing, helping the other members just get the resources that they're looking for as part of a peer group to go put their own dent in the universe. Let's I go do it. it. I love it. Folks, thank you. If you learned something today, tell somebody about this, share this with them, let them know about Bill, because that's a valuable asset you have right here in front of you. Thank you again, Bill. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.